voicemails. Send me some voicemails. I'm going to do a special voicemail edition of the show. So send your voicemails to 304-TALK-ROB. That's 304-825-5762. That's 304-825-5762. Leave a random voicemail. Promote your podcast. Promote your product of choice, your field of industry, anything. You can just talk shit. You can say I suck. Whatever it is, send a voicemail in to the show so we could do that special voicemail edition. Now, I don't have any voicemails for this show, but maybe next time if you leave a voicemail at 304-825-5762. Now, let's get on with this show. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah! What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. Um, if you're a new listener, I'd like to thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart that you took a chance to listen to my show, um, whether you were recommended or you just uh, stumbled down the rabbit hole of uh, podcast searches and you found me. Because that would truly be the definition of random, I guess. <laughs> but as per usual, I have a guest with me uh, this week or whenever you listen to this. I always fucking I hate putting timestamps on shit like I say week or this episode, this Sunday or whatever it is because you're not probably going to listen to the day it releases. Or I'm not even recording on a Sunday when I normally release episodes anyway. So it never, I'm sorry. It really doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, got a guest. <laughs> this has been a year or two in the making or something, something like, like that something like that and um he's just been big leaguing me the whole time you know been screening his calls and shit he's like oh this rob I, I can just put this on hold i'll call him another time you know you know how that shit go when you're big and famous and shit and you're beating up bullies and being a superhero and shit so that's how it is but my guess this week damn it i did it again <laughs> my guess for this episode <laughs> is uh, one half of the dynamic duo of the Who Would Win podcast. My guest this episode is James Gabsy. How you doing, my friend? I, I am doing great. Let me clarify something. Um, I, I don't get starstruck by many people, right? You know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to live in Los Angeles. I see a lot of really cool people and uh, celebrities and what have you. The reason I didn't get back to you is because I'm actually very starstruck and intimidated by you and your show. I just didn't know if I would ever, you know, measure up and be good enough for your show. So I'm taking a chance and I just hope it all works out. That's the reason why it took me so long to come on. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you already measure up because you're taller than Jay Sandlin. So, well, who is it? <laughs> good question. 
He wasn't. We, we've never, I, I, you know, we've never met in person. Um, you know, Jay, uh, the other uh, co-host of the Who Would Win podcast, he's in Alabama. Um, I'm in a nicer place called Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've never met in person and we are going to shortly for this event we're doing. And I don't know how I'm going to react to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be jarring because, I mean, you've been, uh, you know, touching voice to voice, you know, over the uh, Internet for a while now. And um, I don't know, because like all the people that I've talked to, like how I'm doing with you now, uh, Jay, um, you know, Ray and then when the Naked Porch was around, everybody that I've had any interaction with via the Internet. I, I really don't know how the hell I would act if I was to meet any of y'all in person. Well, you, you know, it's it's. You can have like a, a, you know, a phone friendship, right? Where you, for whatever reason, the magic is there when, when two people are over the phone, they can just talk about anything. And, you know, that's almost like it's got, it's like a long lost friend. And then you put the two of those people in the same room and they won't say anything to each other. There's got to be that magic, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be there, but we have, and this is scary because we've got a live event we have to do mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it better work. Yeah. And it's like, that that buffer that is between you i mean he's sitting in alabama you in los angeles and everything it's just like usually when you talk to somebody via the internet or whatever the case may be is that like there's some allure there's some kind of factor of like i really don't give a fuck that separates (laughs) you two because like i can come over here i'd be like hey i got my dick and balls out right now you know i mean that's not true but i could say some fly shit like that and (laughs) you know if i was to meet you in person i would never think to pull my dick and balls out or even say or even have well, that I, conversation and, with you <laughs> and i appreciate that because i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of when someone does that to me in, in person not that that's happened a lot well, i'm just saying i'm not say. a fan of it so i appreciate you saying you wouldn't do that that's nice of you yeah so i mean that the the, the veil that is the internet it, it kind of changes people in a way i, I feel but you're, um you're, you're right there's a, you know I had this talk with my son, right? And and we're talking about what to say online. He likes to do a lot of gaming and everything. And I said, okay, just here's some two basic rules, right? If you say something, if you talk smack about someone online, make sure you would say that exact same thing to them in person. Like yeah. don't be what I call like internet tough. Yeah. Right. And then the second guideline is you'd have to, you know, say something where grandma would be able to read it and mm-hmm. not be offended yeah. or embarrassed. If you got those two guidelines, I think you're okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's like that to an extent with my kids, because like I cuss like a goddamn sailor here and I got three <laughs> kids. I got a 17 year old, a 15 year old and an eight year old. And I, I, oh, wow. I cuss like it's no tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I try to censor it as much as I can with the baby. But um, sure. she already she already senses me. So if I let one slip, she'd be like, "Ooh, oh, no, there's nothing worse, by the way, when your kids <laughs> correct you. Yes. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, that's cute. You're correcting me. Hey, you know what? No electricity for you for a month. How's that? You like that correction? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> I know. I know. Especially like when it's one of those things like, you know, they fucked up and you, you like you're scolding them. It's like, why? And this and that. And they're like, but dad, this and this. And you're like. But still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never happened to me ever, uh, especially not three times yesterday. I never, I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, I know it. But like, you already speaking about doing your first live event with Jay and um, everything like that, which is you know mind blowing for me. I mean, this show to me, from um, being a part of it and listening to it, is like it's made for live entertainment. To me, at least, that's how I feel about it. But before we get there, 
Yes. I'm going to tell you how I came across you. I mean, you probably already know, but Uh-oh. I was listening to the Naked Porch podcast. Okay. And you were there. You were a guest. And um, I was like, this guy seems pretty damn cool. And um, I would like to talk to him one day. But at the time, I really didn't. Um, I was doing other shit. You know, I was I think the podcast was just kind of really picking up because it's two years old. I think that was maybe a year ago that you was on that show. OK. And, um, you know, I just I had it in my mind that I wanted to have you over here based on your um, interview that you had over there and all the things that you were doing with uh, anti-bullying campaigns and all kind of things like that. Oh, very cool. And um, it just kind of kept slipping my mind. And Ray kind of reminded me. He was like, hey, man, um, you want to have James on your show? And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, have James on the show. Yeah, I could do that. And um, I think I put the fill out to you. I don't even know how I went about it. I either went through Ray or Ray reached out to you or I reached out to you or something like that. And you know, I, I know one time it was um, a scheduling thing because you had shit to do. You was punching bullies in the face, you know, holding up kids by the ankles and shaking the change out of their pockets and shit. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you see my videos. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but from then, you know. I figured, you know, it'll happen when it happened. And then um, later on, you would uh, team up with Jay. And you would form the, you know, who would win podcast. But um, just for people who haven't heard that uh, conversation on the Naked Porch podcast, um, tell them a little bit about what you do. Well, for the anti-bullying, um, let me take a step back. So I was that kid. I was like the overweight, big, you know, kid who didn't like physical or verbal confrontation. And as a result, you know, for a few other reasons too, I got picked on, I got beat up, um, you know, the social bullying, all that kind of good stuff. And what happened was as I got older and started playing, you know, sports, especially football, and then got into martial arts. And um, I, I'm also a big fan of criminal psychology. And I started seeing ways to deal with bullies, but I didn't look at them. You know, a lot of anti-bullying is very gentle. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh, well, da, da, da. And, and I'm 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 not for over punishing anyone, but I'm very aggressive in my approach. And I came up with a few different, um, for lack of a better term, methodologies and ways to uh, deal with the different types of bullying. And then um, what happened was parents started calling me and saying, hey, can you help out with our kids or can you help me out because I'm getting bullied at work, bullied at work or what have you. And then I said, OK, cool. I'm just going to write a book. So I wrote The Renegade's Guide to Stopping Bullies, and um, I found this guy, um, Donald DeNoyer, who is uh, a great MMA guy, uh, ring announcer, the whole thing, and also was with the uh, National Guard, just a great, great human being. And he and I created this really big program uh, called The War Guardians, oddly enough, and it's an anti-bullying program that takes place over a period of a year, starts off with a presentation. We implemented that at a high school in Santa Maria, California, one of the biggest high schools, I think, in California. And we, re- we reduced bullying by over 80 percent and in that in that year. And we've got the stats to prove it and the whole thing. And, you know, what I want to do is really just kind of start spreading the word of how to deal with bullies, um, how to understand bullying, what it is and actually what it is not. So uh, we saw the programs going. Uh, Donald's lawyer is kind of heading up all of that. Um, and uh, I'm kind of like behind the scenes with that, letting him be the face of the anti-bullying movement. So that's where we're at with it. Sweet. Yeah. 
and that's very very awesome and i mean well thank you because um i mean to some extent i mean i feel like every kid has been bullied in school at some point you know some form some fashion and everything and you know then i think it was more of a cultural norm it was just like oh man it's a part of being you know a kid you know you got to get bullied and you know it makes you tough and so on sure. and so forth but like nowadays and you know the climate that we live in um bullying is a whole different thing than what it used to be you know absolutely absolutely um he, here's what i discovered cuz i really went into the stats and you know and and how people are saying they're being bullied and etc so let me ask you a question this is something i talk with other i, I hate to put anyone down but there's a lot of self-appointed bullying experts out there yeah who and there's some people who are amazing at this and some that are like they're jumping on the bandwagon to try to get some attention for themselves so they picked anti-bullying as their topic of the week so let me ask you a skill testing question what is the most common form of bullying uh verbal maybe close No, 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 that's good. That's close. So it's a trick question. I came up with a new term, a new type of bullying called unintentional bullying. And when I ask people that question, by the way, what's the most form, uh, common form of bullying? Most people say cyberbullying, which is unfortunately growing you know, daily. Mm-hmm. But it's unintentional bullying. And what I mean by that is someone can say or do something and they know they're bullying someone or being inappropriate. But to them, they're, they're doing emotional damage on a scale of one to ten. They're thinking, they, they think they're doing a two. Mm-hmm. But the recipient feels like, okay, this is like an eight. Yeah. And it's a two-part problem. Number one, the person should be aware of what they're doing and that this could be causing a lot of consequences and the like harm to another person. And the person receiving it should understand like, wait, maybe I'm taking this too hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Or maybe it's I've got to think about this differently. So the solution has to come from both sides. It's yeah. not just controlling bullying. It's also making people understand like how to see it for what it is and possibly what it is not. Yeah, because, I mean, you always have the clown in the bunch. It's not the one necessarily trying to hurt you. It's just the one that's trying to make everybody laugh, like pointing out, you know, something. Just be like, oh, look, you got two Mitch Mac socks. Oh, la, la. You know, it's just something like that. Something really. Exactly. Stupid. And um, it's just like you said, man, it's just the recipient, you know, they got to decipher if this is really harmful or if it's just something playful. And I believe there's a lack of that now. It's just like everything now is with malice intent and when it's really not sometimes. Right. That's exactly that's exactly the case. Um, You know, the education for anti-bullying, you know, I keep seeing this and it frustrates me. You know, I keep saying, don't be a bully. Well, most people don't even understand when they're doing it. Yeah. Right. Like how often does someone wake up in the morning and say, you know, Today, I'm going to have some breakfast. I'm going to go to school, say to my friends, and I'm going to bully person X, Y, Z. Now, I'm saying I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen as much as we like to think it does. It's more of, hey, this is who I am. And all all whoever's on in, you know, in the path of my radar today is going to get it. Yeah. Now, um, kind of back to you a little bit. I mean, you know, you was talking about how you were bullied as a youngster and whatnot. Did that lead to you? Um learning martial arts or looking into MMA? It's funny. Actually, I didn't start uh, like any type of martial arts training until I think I was like 19 or so. I was a a late starter in that because 
okay, so during high school, beginning of high school, you know, from little, little kid up to beginning of high school, I had a lot of bullying happening. And what happens is, you know, when guys grow to a certain size, you know, the physical bullying kind of stops or lessens, right? That's just how guys work and physical bullying works. If they see you're a threat, they they won't physically bully, but the social bullying started Mm -hmm. or continued. The physical bullying really stopped, not just when I got bigger, but when I started playing football. And that helped me really understand, like, you know, how to talk to people, how to communicate. And, you know, if I was a linebacker, so, you know, if you smash that running back and just plash him across the ground and get up, your team's got, like, a lot of respect for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, got it. Physical respect will, like, lessen that physical. Oh, okay, I see how this works. And then I got into the martial arts later just because in playing football in Canada, where I'm from, you get to a point where you're like, okay, like – it, it, I never had dreams or aspirations of playing in the NFL, right? That's a completely different elevated type of human being that makes the NFL. The CFL was a possibility, remote, but still a possibility. Mm-hmm. The CFL does not pay that well. <laughs> okay. I mean, just to, and you know, the, there's a team in Saskatchewan, for example, they're called the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. At one point, they were accepting bales of hay as payment for tickets. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> so I, I didn't, and it's nothing against Saskatchewan. It's just, I knew I was going to end up in Los Angeles, which is slightly different than Saskatchewan. Slightly. So I said, you know, I got to make a pivot here. And I made the decision to jump and I had, you know, personal reasons as well. I made the jump into martial arts and, you know, MMA was just starting back then. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is for me. And I just went nuts with it. I went insane. So all the amount of hours I put in a football, replace that with martial arts training. Okay. Now, um, with MMA and everything and how you say you kind of gravitated toward it and everything, did you feel like that maybe you could have had a career doing that? Maybe some UFC contingency ship? Um, I definitely could have done, I think, something. Um, Look, to fight in the UFC or to fight in a high league um, or a high level league in MMA, you need not just to, you know, the physicality, not just the tools. There's a mindset you have to have. And I could have overcome that mindset, but okay. So I was living in Georgia at the time and I'm sitting there with my coach and, you know, I've trained fighters and I did a couple little fights, whatever. And back in Canada years ago, and my coach is like, Hey, you know, you're in your twenties. Like you got to make a decision. Are you going to, do you want to fight professionally or do you want to just, you know, not fight professionally and just make a, you know, be an instructor or own a martial arts business? Like, what do you want to do? And I, I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop and I said, well, and I was working for a software company at the time. I was a, a software designer. And I said, OK, if you can tell me that if I give it my all, that in three years, there's a good chance, you know, if all goes well, I can make a hundred thousand dollars. I'll quit my job and I'll go into training full time. Let's let's give this a go. And once my coach stopped laughing <laughs> and said, and said, he, he stopped laughing. He said, I can't even guarantee you're going to make 30,000 a year Damn. in three years time. And I said, God, and I really appreciated that honesty. It wasn't like, you know, you, you don't have the talent or you do have the talent or you, it wasn't that at all. He was just very real. He's like, financially, you, if you're looking to make money, you know, in this industry, you're in the wrong industry. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Wow. He was absolutely right. You know, he was. And I said, got it. And it was thanks to him. And he's, I consider him like a big brother of sorts. Yeah. And I said, got it. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm not going to do this professionally. Now, 
Funny story. Um, do you remember there's a, a, a league called Elite XC? They were on CBS for a while. I vaguely do. Okay, like Kimbo Slice was fighting oh, for yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so when they went off of CBS, they reorganized and they called themselves Pro Elite, and they had a few shows on like HD Net, which I think is now Access. Yeah. And so I went in there to talk to them about like the landscape of sponsorships within mixed martial arts because the UFC was doing some stuff this was before the Reebok deal and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the meeting, you know, dressed business casual, whatever, and there's the heads of the uh, fighting organization there. And I'm a heavyweight and about 6'3", 260 or so, and I've been trained for a while. And it's hard to find qualified heavyweights to compete. And at the time, they had a heavyweight tournament. So they stopped the meeting and they turned to me and they say, hey, James, like, you know, are you comfortable grabbing a mic and calling someone out? I'm like, hell yeah, I am. Absolutely. And I'm like, why do you ask? Like during a sponsorship meeting, right? Like, why do you ask? And they said, well, maybe we want you to fight for us. Now, Kenny, I'm just trying to imagine this whole thing. You in there? You got your um, your, your business slacks on, your nice shoes, right. your um, your your polo with uh maybe the top two buttons undone, got it tucked into your trousers and everything. Nice belt, you know, sleek profile and everything. You got your chart up on the wall. You going through your slides and everything. I was like, and if you can look here, you can see the third quarter numbers. And they was like, James, <laughs> would you like to punch somebody in the face? Correct. Uh, excuse <laughs> me, sir. Right. So, so I stopped and I, I'm just looking at the guys. I'm like, are you being serious? And they wanted to make me an offer right then and there. And I said, and I took a breath and I said, okay. And what they didn't know is I knew how much, it wasn't that it was uh, private information. It's just, I, I know this stuff really well. I know the industry. At the time, there was a fighter named um, Andre Arlovsky, who was a former UFC heavyweight champ who was fighting for them. Mm-hmm. And he had the highest paid fight at 60,000. Mm-hmm. So I already knew that number. So I said, got it. So I turned to them. I said, no problem. I'll fight for you guys um, for $500,000. I said, where's the contract? And there's silence in the room. And they're like, what? And they said, "You wait, you're, you're going to ask us to pay you $500,000 to fight in the tournament? I said, oh, no, 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 no. $500,000 for my first fight. And I said, if all goes well for my second fight, we'll negotiate something new. Now, of course, I knew they'd never agree to it. But yeah. I had to kind of take myself out of the running so I, I wasn't tempted and that they knew like there's I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. But that was the last time I was offered like a high profile fight. That makes sense. And then after the fact, it was like, well, and he's like, OK. And back to what I was saying. If yeah, you exactly. Third quarter, back to sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing, too, man, because like I love professional wrestling. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love it. And like I've done minor training in it or whatever. And I, you know, oh, wow. I, I know enough to where like I can possibly put a match together, but I know damn where I, I know damn where I'm nowhere near the level of any, you know, seasoned indie, indie veteran, you know, but um, if somebody was to offer me enough to where I can, you know, quit my job, like how you saying, I mean, that would probably been a good come up for you. I don't say I'm not necessarily saying that you would have had to quit your job. or could have quit your job off of $500,000, but I mean, it was a step in the right direction. You know, uh, oh, I, do you, okay. So, you know, professional wrestling, I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling, mm-hmm. love pro wrestling. And on a side note, whenever I'm asked which one is harder on a person's body, pro wrestling or MMA, it's clearly pro wrestling. You're fucking right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, no doubt, no doubt, pro wrestling, the risks they take, da da da. I mean, it is definitely pro wrestling. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, um, not a lot of people in MMA, especially in professional ranks, 
are killing it financially. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and Dana White won't won't shy away from that fact either. And there's not a lot of money right now that fighters are making. Like um, Tito Ortiz and uh, Chuck Liddell have a fight scheduled. I hope it's going to be announced soon. Mm. Uh, they're fighting under the new promotion of Oscar de la Hoya. I think it's going to be in November or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the structure is going to be a lot of money from pay-per-views. I mean, this is just what I'm hearing. It could be, could be changing, whatever. It's going to go to Tito Ortiz and you know Chuck Liddell. And the reason why they came up with the structure is because a lot of fighters – really don't make a, they don't take home a lot of money mm-hmm. and it, it's not i'm not trying to dissuade anyone from being a fighter i'm just trying to encourage people to really research it before getting into it yeah and it, um do you feel like if you're gonna take that path you know you want to be all in and um, be a professional fighter and whatnot do you also need to have like some kind of uh of a business plan as well. Cause I mean, ultimately, I mean, it is a business. Cause like, um, who's that CM Punk? I mean, pretty much he got paid based on name value, who he was and where he came from and everything. And from what I understand, I could be totally wrong, but it's hearsay. I don't research this shit. He made more just participating in that fight and losing that fight. than the dude who actually won the fight. Correct. By far. So, I mean, just, that alone would make you think like, huh, I need to have my ducks in order. I need to have, you know, a plan other than just going there and get my fucking bell rung night to oh, night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, know? no, no. You're, you're so right. You're so right. So, you know, it, clearly you understand how this works. So, um, a uh, buddy of mine who, uh, you know, fought in the UFC and he's not a big name in the UFC. He was talking about, you know, he, he works for, um, you know, a towing company. That's his you know, main job while he's a fighter for the UFC. And he's kind of lamenting the fact he's not making a lot of money from the UFC. And I said, number one, you signed the contract. You knew what you were getting into as you signed it, right? I'm not saying it's fair. Or not. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying you signed it willingly. Yeah. You didn't have to, mm-hmm. right? And you had a full-time job. Yeah. So it wasn't like you, know, you had nothing. I said, secondly, the PR machine of the UFC, like how much PR, like how much would you pay a publicist to get the visibility – and PR that you get by being on a fight for the UFC. Yeah. It's many thousands of dollars. And that's part of what you get. So what I said to him was, you need to create your own personal brand that can exist and be monetized outside of the UFC. Yep. I mean, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> it's just, oh, man, it's just crazy, man. It's just I. what, what makes me sad or whatever is just like. You have legitimately great athletes that do these sports and everything. It can be not just MMA. It can be professional wrestling. It can be boxing, basketball, whatever the case may be. And you have those some few that's like were held as great in their prime. But when they kind of step back away from it or they have like a kind of a lull and everything, you see those same people like and here we are talking about Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Yeah, this dude should be like on an island somewhere, just chilling out and drinking. Uh, so, why do you think he's not? I don't know, but then again, you know, to flip it up, I'm I'm kind of fucking up my own little story there. He could just love it that much. I think it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Like when when I think Chuck Liddell and uh, you remember Matt Hughes? Yes. Okay, so they had a. Um, uh, position with the UFC. I don't know if they had to, how much they had to show up or how much they had to do to participate, but out of respect for what they did for the UFC, 
and putting their lot, you know, their, their body on the line over and over and, and helping Dana White out. Um, Dana helped, and I think the Fertitas or the ownership at the time helped to orchestrate getting them, you know, uh, vice president or desk jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were there for life. And Dana said, as long as we run the, and own the company, you guys have jobs. Yeah. And then what, what happened was <laughs> they sold the UFC and rightfully so. I hate to say it. Um, William Morris and IMG, they came in and they said, okay, so who's getting paid more than they should? Where are we losing money? Yeah. And sure enough, Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes were out of a job. Yeah. It was just like, hey, man, we about to make all this money, dog. Let me sign this. Oh, shit. Chuck. God damn. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And actually, Chuck Liddell is a very nice. I bumped into him a couple of times in Los Angeles. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. And Matt Hughes, I did an interview with him years ago. Um, very professional. And some people took it like felt like he was mean or, or, you know, not very professional. It's actually just the opposite. So many people were clamoring for his attention that he's like, okay, that's cool. Who, what are my responsibilities professionally? Let me take care of that first. Yeah. So he was very, very professional. I, I like them both a whole lot. Yeah. Now, um, being a person that's dabbled with a little bit of MMA and everything, um, I'm looking at your profile here. I'm looking at your your picture and whatnot. You're a handsome fella, whatever thing. And um, I was I was hoping you'd say that. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure you're aware <laughs> of your handsomeness as well. But how does it fucking feel to get punched in the goddamn face? I mean, with all that handsomeness. I mean, I don't I don't imagine that's something that you would like particularly like so much i mean you, you got to keep your skills up so you can evade and dodge duck dip and all that shit just like dodgeball <laughs> okay well first of all when that picture was taken uh the the guy doing the headshots had the perfect angle there was one <laughs> angle where i didn't look like a, a a shaved sasquatch there was one angle and he found it right so that's you know that was a one in a million shot he captured it secondly you can't tell from that picture but i've got cauliflower ear on my uh, left ear, you know, like what wrestlers have oh, yeah, when the yeah. ears get all kind of mangled. I've got a little bit there and I'm missing two teeth. What? Yeah, uh, they're molars. They're on the sides. So when oh, I okay. smile, it looks like I've got all my teeth in front. They're on the side. Yeah, I mean, business in the front, party in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, so um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, I got to tell you, the um, I, I've got a really good group of people. I've got a, a, a MMA, a small MMA facility in Los Angeles. Because uh, I just loved what we do. And, you know, I love the jiu-jitsu. I've been doing that forever. Um, I'm more of a boxer and kickboxer than I am a jiu-jitsu guy. But um, I, I, here's the thing. Um, martial arts training, especially MMA, if you train with the right people, it's not that it's injury-free. It's just that you can minimize the risk a mm-hmm. whole lot. Yeah. And it is so much fun. Regardless if you get hit or tapped out or whatever, if you're training with the right people and you're having a great time – that's how I, that's how I get my, my socialization out. You know what I mean? Like that's how I, and I get to vent while I'm training. Yeah. So it's not that my problems go away. It's just that I can handle that stuff way easier. So that's plus there's going back to the, the anti-bullying, um, people can read when you're confident about yourself physically. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me in business, in negotiations, in relationships, all that kind of stuff. Because I can easily say, hey, you know what? I was wrong and not be like not try to put up this false pretense of whatever. I can be like, yeah, you know what? I accept responsibility. I was wrong. How can I fix this? Or I can say, hey, you know what? I'm not cool with what you're doing. We got to talk about it. And that's something that Jay and I laugh about because, you know, Jay's a great guy. 
Um, and he's he's so cool. All and I'm like, confidence. Jay, you've got to be stand up for yourself a bit more. Tell him you didn't like that. You know, da, da, da. he's like, yeah, you know, but, I, you know, he's got that that southern gentleman thing going on, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I do not. Yeah. I don't know. Jay's a cool cat, man. Uh, Jay is a great guy. He is a great human being, man. As far as uh the MMA scene, you know, from from the little group and from the facility that you run and whatnot, do you feel like you have any stars within your camp? Like somebody that has like unlimited potential, you know, to just need the right push in the right direction. That's an interesting question. We don't train fighters. Oh, it's just like yeah, yeah. So here, here's what happened when when I moved to LA, and you know, after a few years, I realized there's a ton of really talented MMA coaches and instructors out in Los Angeles. A lot of them, and they're not all doing. Some are doing okay, and some are not financially. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm all about the money, but you know, as as two family men talking to each other it's real important to take care of our responsibilities. Yeah. Our kids need to eat. We need to, you know, make sure everything's good. They're close, you know, the whole thing. And what I realized is, you know, more and more, there's not a lot of money in fighting except for at the, you know, highest, highest levels. And even then it's, you know, maybe there's like, I don't know, 20 people as fighters who are killing it. If that, so, um, my facilities are, you know, thankfully in a really nice part of Los Angeles. And I just want to train people who want to learn. And that's, and, and I'll teach maybe a couple times a week. And I've got an amazing staff and, you know, salespeople yeah. manager the whole thing. So I'm, you know, when I teach, it's just a, it's more from self defense as opposed to teaching someone how to win in the cage. Okay. Now, with that being said, um, did you ever watch that show Justified? I tried. I only got past the first part when he shot the bazooka in the building. And not- Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen all the episodes either. The reason I bring that up, in season six, there's a really big, huge guy named, uh, I think his name is uh, Choo Choo. And his name is Duke Roberts. He was the last fighter I ever trained. He was an amateur uh, MMA champion. Yeah, he was from our school. And he won a title in three fights. Sweet. And he was, yeah, he's 6'5. Uh, now he's probably like 250. At the time, he was 6'5, 205, and just a monster. And people were like, not calling me out as an MMA instructor because, you know, I made, I cut my teeth in Georgia. So I moved to LA. No one knew who I was. And they're like, oh, you know, my name in my facility is Max Impact. They're like, oh, Max Impact. They don't know what they're doing. They're did it. They don't compete. Da, da, da. And I'm like, all right, cool. Really? And then Duke, um, you know, came to me. He's like, I want to do some fights. I'm like, all right, cool. And you'll be my last person I ever trained. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And within three fights, he won a championship in like four. His last fight was um, 47 seconds Damn. where he just took out a guy and a really good wrestler, really a combat, a great guy, too. But the whole thing was like I, I said, I'm going to I'm going to send a message to everybody. If they ever doubt what I can do, Duke, you're going to be the emissary of that message. And we did it. See, I mean, I mean, that's like that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, you got people within your circle that can go on to do great things and whatnot. Right. It could be it sure. could be like the, the never back down story. You just had all this anger and rage and you went in there and you shaped him and molded him. But you're not like a tall, bald black guy with an accent. And no, <laughs> <laughs> I try. I just, you know, I can as handsome as you you say I am. I'm not I don't think I'll ever hit the uh, same universe of handsome handsomeness as um, I forget that actor. But he's he's amazing. Yes. Um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's, yeah. Someday, hopefully, I'll grow into that kind of handsomeness. I'm just, you know, not today. Yeah. Me too. I, I aspire to be that when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of, of really cool people that I, I, I look up to and I really admire them as, as a pure fan, 
You had on your show, if I'm not mistaken, Michael J. White not too long ago, correct? Correct. <laughs> that guy is amazing. Like, I've been a, a fan of his for years. This and the great thing about him too, and I'm I've never spoken to him personally or anything like that. So I, I hope he's a great guy. I'm, I, he kind of appears to be like a really cool guy. Yes, but it's not just his physical acting. He's an amazing voice actor too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kudos for getting him on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I was just like I was shitting my pants over here. It <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of really you know snapped me into reality that like this shit was really going down. Like his um his person, his PR person, whoever that was handling uh, the interview and everything, who I was doing the correspondence with, um, she gave me the time. She gave me the um, you know the the little email invitation to where I can either go to the website and she'll patch me in on a conference call, or I can call this little number, yeah, and um you know punch in the code and it'll patch us through and everything. So. <laughs> All right, so I'm sitting there. I get on the computer. I go to the website. I'm in a little virtual waiting room and everything, and they're just playing this music and talking about you can book your own conference and you know all the commercials and ads and shit while you wait. And I'm just sitting here. I'm li- first of all, I'm dying laughing at this goddamn <laughs> music that they're playing in here. Sure, because it's a dude that's playing a song that's describing everything that I'm experiencing at the time. He's like, uh, you're waiting in this room, waiting for a phone call. <laughs> well, that's how you know it's official. Yeah, and I was just like, I even made that the bonus uh content for that show. So, like, if you want to hear that song, just go back to the episode and go to the end. You can hear the whole thing. And um, I'm sitting there, I'm listening, and, like, I didn't hear heard the song, like, three or four times. And it's like, I'm looking at the clock. And I was like, fuck, we kind of like a couple minutes over the time we're supposed to start. And I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, he famous. Maybe he canceled or whatever. I mean, <laughs> no big deal. It was like me kind of like, well, shit. I mean, if he canceled, I mean, it's cool. At least I got this far. I'm not worried about it. It's like, you sure, know, as sure. soon as I can hang this phone up, I can be calm and just be done with this shit. <laughs> and um, she pop on the phone real quick. She's like, OK, yeah, um, he's running a little bit late. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he'll be on in like five minutes. So I was like. Okay, cool. Get back on. I'm listening to the dude singing my woes again. Oh, you're waiting for a phone call. La, la, la. You know, all this bullshit. And then, um, start ringing. Just like a Skype call, you know, you know, to get the little tones and shit. And I see the number. And I see the name. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, because how you, you just called me a little while ago. As soon as I seen the little thing pop up, boom press the green button let's talk but him i was just sitting there i was like uh maybe i've uh, let it ring two more times he'll hang up <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like fuck i answered it and you know yeah. the rest was history man <laughs> you know there's there's an expression out here that you know i know you're familiar with too it's like um you know never meet your heroes yeah Right. And you know, what I'm talking about like there's there's been a bunch of like actors out here or whatever that I've met. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to say I'm a big fan of your work. And I'm not expecting a friendship or mm-hmm. anything big. And I'm all I need to say was I fan of your work and I'll walk away. But in, and sometimes you get some really not cool reactions. Yeah. And- or had some weird interactions. I can tell that Michael J. White is the exception to that rule. You totally want to meet him. Yeah. I mean, and I can even like, it's not in the episode 
because I, you know, I cut that part out because you know I just went over the spill like how I went with you. I was like, hey, I'm gonna do this, blah blah blah, blah and then we get started. But like before we even started, the first thing I said to him, I mean, it was just kind of like along the lines of what you said. He's like, man, I appreciate you, you know, for what you do and giving me your time and everything. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm be honest, I'm, I'm nervous or whatever. He's like, I never, th- I never thought that I would be on the other side of the phone conversation with you. He's like, well, I don't see why you're nervous. You could have got somebody better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and then but like you, right there just like all that nervousness or whatever it kind of just kind of settled down or whatever and i was just good after that <laughs> you know what's funny is that we we look at certain people and they themselves like actors kind of are familiar and kind of having like if they're honest with themselves understand where they stand in the big scheme of things right like you know you've got your tom cruise action stars da da i get it there's certain people that maybe have a, a wider world level appeal i understand that but the reality is to people like you and I, that like a Michael J. White, I would lose my mind talking to him like, oh, my God, because martial arts and there's certain people that for us are higher ranking celebrities than others. And I think that was the situation for you. Right. And even though he wasn't aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> he even said that in an interview or whatever. He's like, sometimes I forget. No, I'm that guy. You know, I'll just be going out somewhere and somebody come up to me. and was like. Oh, yeah, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that happens to you at Walmart all the time, right? You're just, you know, walking, patrolling the halls of Walmart. Well, no, no, not not so much. No, I'm waiting for that day, though. <laughs> OK, the, the only thing that I got close to that and I told him the same thing is just like I'm retired military. So I got like, you know, like any other guy, I got one of those hats, you know, hey, I'm a retired whatever. And I forget I wear this motherfucker all the time. And I'm just walking around and be like, oh, thank you for your service. And I'm like. How the fuck they know I was in the military? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh fuck, I got this damn hat on. <laughs> right, that was your first clue. Yes, <laughs> yes, I get it. But, That's cool. So let me ask you your your true, honest opinion. What do you think of the Who Would Win podcast? I like it a lot. I mean, for me, it's just like you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't listen to every single episode, but. When it comes to like your matchups and everything like that, it's just like that's the ones I look for because it's like I look for the ones that I intentionally don't know anything about because like the ones that I know about, you know, like certain characters or whatever, you know, I kind of like, all right, I I know about this. But the ones that I don't know about, that's the shows that I really enjoy listening to and whatnot because it's educating me on that character. And, you know, it also when I learn about these things, it made me want to go look up the source material or some of the movies associated with that character and everything. So I really enjoy that part of it. Um, just because it's you two, I enjoy it that much more because both of y'all, oh, well, thank you. You're both of y'all are awesome. And I like how you, uh, just happen to bump into people in the gym and they tell you, uh, they would win in a fight. I like that a lot too. um, I like how I discovered that you were kind of a PG show. And when I was on there, I cussed entirely too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't realize we were a PG show either until you were on. That was a a cool mutual discovery. Yeah. See, I mean, there you go. We learned. You helped us. We learned from each other. This is good. (laughs) Yeah. So this is kind of a weird thing that happens sometimes. So I wear um, uh, a who would win shirt because, you know, why not? And it's just a black T-shirt that says hashtag who would win. And it's to promote the show, but it's also uh, some people take it the wrong way. Yeah. They, they think I'm challenging them to a fight. And <laughs> do you know who, who feels the most offended by this between men and women? Women. Yeah. 
because <laughs> I remember the um, you the episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe someone was like, "Oh, I, I was just wearing the shirt," and someone came up to me and said, "Yeah, you know what? I would." And I'm like, "You you would do you would what?" And she said, "I'd win." And I'm like, oh, "You would win." Okay, congratulations. You would win what? And she was referencing my shirt. I forgot I was wearing it. See the hat. <laughs> exactly the same thing. And, and she's like, "I I you know if we got into a fight, I'd win." And I'm not saying I can beat everybody. I'm not saying I could whatever. But when someone just like that, you don't expect to physically challenge you and is that confident, you kind of step back a little bit and say, wait a second. What is she? Why is she so confident she can kick my ass? What's going on? So, yeah, we have a fight scheduled later. I'm going to watch some tape on how she fights and everything. And then, um, (laughs) yeah, if you could be that guy who, you know, we'll, we'll throw some pro wrestling into it. If she starts to win, I'll create a distraction. Can you jump in with like a steel chair? Yeah. 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 I, I got you. I mean, I mean, it's, okay. it's the classic thing, man. I mean, I'll let you handle that. I'll let you, you can give a low bro while jump on the apron and um, distract the referee. You can just hit perfect low blow. Bow. <laughs> I hope that works against her. I'm not sure it will. You know, my, I don't, I don't know. you never know. Maybe I, you know, who knows? I don't know. Who the knows? way she's talking, I mean, I mean, she, she kind of like, she got some t- testosterone built up or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I got, listen, I have nothing against anybody. If you're pre or post or whatever, if that's who you are, great. I, I've got lots of friends who are all over the, you know, it's great. But why are you challenging me? I didn't do anything. Yeah. It's just a shirt, man. I'm, I'm be honest with you. That's the only reason why I haven't bought one yet. I, you know what? I don't think that's it. I came up with another, I have another theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she thought the gym had the same kind of atmosphere as, you know, prison. Uh, yeah. And she yeah. thought I was like a notable person. Like if she took me out, right, she would yeah. be then like, you know, not that I'm the biggest or toughest guy or whatever, but if she took me out, then that gives her more credibility in the gym. Yeah. That's my theory. She's trying to get that street cred. I got you. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm watching out for her. I'm watching out for her. In the vein of martial arts and uh, professional wrestling, who are some of your favorites? Oh, wow. Um, so I loved – uh, I'm going to go way back. Uh, when I was a little kid, I really liked watching Rick Martel. Um, <laughs> you're laughing, right? The model. I have nothing in common with this guy. Nothing. But the reason I liked him is because where I'm from, there's this small little, you know, barely professional wrestling league called International Wrestling. And they were out of like Montreal and certain parts of Quebec. And uh, this really horrible Canadian television station would like televise their matches. And there's like, you know. 18 people in the crowd and the, the Rougeau brothers were, I'm going way back, right? I'm kind of aging myself here. Um, and then when I saw Rick Martel make it from there to the WWE and the Rougeau brothers are there, I'm like a little kid. I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, Oh my God. So it was like, cool. I got to see these wrestlers go from small little leagues to now they're in huge arenas at WrestleMania. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, loved watching, um, there's something about Jake the Snake I love watching because he would just, you know, he's a he's a tall guy, mm-hmm. but he's not like he's built, right? He kind of looks like he's got a dad bod, yeah, <laughs> going in, and he's somehow bringing a snake in. Like, can you imagine the 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 production meeting when they're talking about Jake the Snake? They're like, okay, we have this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's kind of you know he's kind of soft and pudgy a little bit. Um, great talker on the mic. And uh, yeah, but like, you know, all these other guys are six, seven, 300 pounds. Doesn't really compare. What do we do? Like, let's give him a snake to bring into the ring. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not? And, that, and then, uh, sorry, go ahead. It's funny that you bring him up because like I watched SummerSlam last night and um, they got a show 
on the network called Storytime. And he was one of the ones that was telling stories and shit. He was talking about like, you know, you got your professional wrestlers that travel up and down the road and everything. And damn, you know, I got me, I got my one bag. I got all my um, my street clothes and my hygiene gear in it. Then I got my other bag with all my wrestling gear in it. Then I got this big 50 pound bag. <laughs> with I got a live snake in that I keep inside <laughs> a trunk that, <laughs> that I got. And he was telling another, uh, another story. I forgot who he was driving with. But um, it was him and somebody else that was driving and the snake was in the back and the snake got out of his, uh, his little pouch or whatever. It crawled up under the seat and uh, wrapped around dude leg that was driving and wedged itself in between the accelerator and the brake. <laughs> so he was like, why are you driving so fast? He's like, I'm not. He's like, dude, we're going faster right now. He's like, I don't know. I'm not doing anything. And he looked down, the snake wrapped around his leg and the accelerator. And he's like, every time he tried to press the brake, the snake would snap at his feet and shit. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There, there's not many animals that freak me out. Like, you know, um, tarantulas, uh, that lady at the gym who challenged me. But other than those types, there's like snakes really just, I don't know. There's something about snakes, snakes that are, are just, yeah, snakes. I don't know what's going on. It's a, a visceral instinctive. I have a funny story about snakes, by the way. I'm I'm all ears. All right, here we go. So I'm visiting Los Angeles and, you know, just on a, a date with this person who would eventually become my wife. And she says, hey, let's go hiking. I'm like, of course, you know, because who doesn't love hiking? I, I don't. Hiking's a big thing out here. So we go up and there's, you know, sometimes you'll see rattlesnakes like in the grass or, you know, underneath the tree or whatever. There was a rattlesnake that was like half on the path and yet like just straight out looking like it was just taking in some sun or something and just there in a straight line and the tongue's coming out, but it's not moving. And I stopped because I've never seen a rattlesnake like live before. So my, you know, future wife starts laughing. She's like, listen, come on, don't worry about it. We all know what to do. Use some common sense. You know what to do when you see a snake in the path. And she meant to walk really far around it and just keep going away. (laughs) Right. I misinterpreted what she said and picked up the biggest freaking rock I could and was about to Hulk smash it. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what, what in the hell are you doing? I'm like, that is an evil creature in front of me. And it's either the snake or me and I'm going to be okay. And I, I didn't kill the snake. Oh man. I, I would have been on the same level with your wife or whatever. We would have, we would have left the park and drove around to the other end of the park and continue to walk <laughs> that way. <laughs> right. We're going to go outside of LA to come back through Oregon to the other side of the trail. Yeah. We're good to go. Yeah. See, I, that was another, that was a time, you know, um, one woman I was dating, which would become Mrs. B Rob. And, oh, wow. um, we was just walking around her apartment complex and everything. And, um, <laughs> I have a, I have a thing is, I think is a, the most gentlemanly thing that you could do. If we're walking on the sidewalk, you know, I'm a walk, next to the street sure because uh, you know car come up off the curb it'll hit me i can push you out the way be superman some bullshit like that i don't know but um she was by the street and um i was getting ready to i put my arm around i was getting ready to you know move it to the inside so i can be by the street and everything (laughs) and there was a snake on the ground oh no it was dead but i didn't know that and i i let out the most girlish yell for the first time in front of her and I grabbed oh, no. it and I kind of like threw her off into the grass I'm like, ah! <laughs> and just whatever and she was like 
what the hell are you doing? I mean, she was calm about the whole thing, and I'm freaking out because it's a motherfucking snake, and I hate him so goddamn much. Sure, sure. You know, she's like, it's dead. I was like, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I so, like, so what did what did you do to reclaim her affection? Because clearly it was lost the moment you screamed out, right? Well, it was more like of a thing. I, I kind of sp- it was kind of spun in a way of like, well, I was I didn't know it was dead. I was making sure that you were safe. I was protecting you. She's like, oh well, oh that's so nice. I appreciate. It. <laughs> she she believed. I just need to understand this. She believed that you were protected. Like you your 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 girlish scream was a method of protection for her. You yeah. were alerting her to danger. Yes, exactly. I mean, I shoot shoot out the way. I put myself between her and the snake. The and, dead snake. You know, see, the yell, it was just like a defense mechanism. I was like, ah, making big noises, trying to get the thing to crawl away. I was making myself big, like how they say you speak. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right, see? right, right. There you go. I was just like, I was trying to get a frequency that would freak it out and make it crawl away. That's all I was trying to do. <laughs> I, I have a theory. My theory is that your scream was so effective, like so powerful that it actually killed the snake. See, man, I should be on who will win. I should be a character on there. Oh, totally. The the snake screamer. <laughs> <laughs> what what else would be my powers? I mean, other than the high frequency yelp. Um, I, uh, you would have like some hypnotic powers because your snake scream would turn people off, but your power of hypnotism would convince them to somehow be more attracted to you despite the scream. See, yeah, I mean, it must have worked on her. She'd been here like 10 years. <laughs> That's right. Like if you had to be a superhero for real, if you had to be a superhero, what would your power set be? Man, I think about this often. I mean, it's, it's weird that you would even say that because I mean, I, I legitimately think about this often because like our, great minds think alike. I mean, Obviously, I would want to fly. Yes. And um, I do. I feel like, you know, being able to fly and being invisible would probably be like the best combo because you can fly and be invisible. And then like you can just be like when Miss B-Rob is in the shower, I can just kind of like sit on the toilet and be invisible and just be like. <laughs> and wait, 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 wait. You can pick any powers you want. Anything. And you would fly and be invisible so you could not be seen in the bathroom while your wife's taking a shower. Yeah, I can just kind of like fl- float over the top of the curtain and everything, just be invisible and just look down in the shower. You're, you're not allowed to be in the bathroom while she's taking a shower. Is that is, is that the case now? Or No, no, that's just kind of annoying or whatever, because like I love <laughs> I love. I love my wife so much that I go sure. into the bathroom often when she's taking a shower and it's kind of annoying to her. So I was gotcha. like to cut down on that. I just like I'd be invisible and just peeking gotcha. over. I, pre- I appreciate the details of your home life, by the way. <laughs> hey, man, I love my <laughs> wife. So what? There's nothing wrong. Listen, there's I'm not one to judge. I'm just kind of judging you now, but I'm not one to judge. I Whatever you want to do. Now, wait. So invisibility and flight. Mm-hmm. Would you be in? Can you fly while not being invisible, like, can you turn on your power of invisibility separate from your power of flight? Yes. Or yes. do they have to be? Okay. So they're not, you can't. Okay. Cause I think it'd be cool if you were flying, if people got to see you. Mm, yeah. It would be like whenever I would want to use it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So flight. Yeah. So what's invisibility. My cap, what's my cap though? Do I got, do I get five or two, three? What I get? <laughs> what's your, I'm sorry. What's your, what's my power limit? Do I get three? powers or five powers is it a two-piece combo meal or a five-piece i don't well well typically i i limited it at three but this okay. is your show so i'll limit it to uh three and a half go ahead okay damn a half power what the fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get laser vision in one eye my good eye 
<laughs> well, you know, like people like I have, you know, the, the, the proportionate strength of a spider. Like, what if you had half that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that could work, I guess. Right? Then uh, you're just like a, you know, angry old man. Like, there's old man strength, right? Which yeah. is still stronger than an Olympic athlete. Yeah, so, I mean. Right, so you could have that. Like sl- okay, so what would be, I'm going to give you four powers. I'm okay. going to be generous with four powers. What you got? Flight, yeah. invisibility, what else? That's a good even number. Let's see. Okay. By the way, you don't need you don't need super intelligence as you already have that. Man, you like the best guess ever. All I'm right. just saying. I'm, I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. All right. Um, hmm. Hmm. Oh my man, you took one, took away one of them then. <laughs> all right. So I got invisibility. I got flight. Um, I would like to have some kind of strength. You know, because you never okay. know I had to bust through some shit or whatever. Because, I mean, just merely being invisible doesn't make me able to, like, get through shit. Like, so if a motherfucker go in a room and lock me in, well, fuck, I'm stuck in a room. Invisible. Right. You can't fly out of a locked room yeah. and turn you invisible. You're still in a locked room. You're right. You need you need the ability to get out of the locked room. So, so okay, ooh, what level, though? Ooh, like, ooh, okay. are you able to pick up a car? Can you, like, lift a planet? Like, what level of strength are you going with? Hmm. I'll, I'll be satisfied with maybe like a semi-trailer or something like that. I'll be satisfied with that. That's I mean, pretty good. I could do a little bit of damage. And then so I wouldn't just be reliant on my strength or whatever in like that lock room scenario or whatever. I would like the phasing ability. I can phase through matter and, you know, solid objects and shit like that. So, bam, that's my fault. Oh, wow. I love the phasing with the invisibility. Yeah. So it's just like I'm a ghost. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like you're like super ghost. Yeah, not like that shitty one on um, Ant Man and Wasp. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like that's half a power. She was like half a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that would be the half that you. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna punch you twice. The first one isn't gonna do anything, but the second punch is getting you. Yeah. So if I hit you, as long as I hit you like 50 times or throw 50 punches, I'm getting 25 punches in. That's I wasn't really crazy about that power. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of fainting in there. It's just like psych hit you, psych yeah. hit you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I have a thought for a superpower mm-hmm. and it'll overcome a lot of them. What if you had the superpower of, um, intimidation, like super intimidation? Okay. Uh, expand, expand upon that. I okay. Mean, so I, if you I, had, I get what you're saying. Say, okay. You're, you're, you're facing the Hulk. Yes. And the Hulk's like ready to Hulk smash you. Mm-hmm. You turn on your power of super intimidation. Mm-hmm. The Hulk takes off kind of like Thanos in Infinity War. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but he had to like, you know, kind of crush the Hulk physically to do it. Let's say you didn't even have to do that. It's like you, it's like how you are at Walmart now, how people like are intimidated by oh, you. Kind of like Imagine, I did with the snake. It, correct. Like you had you had snake intimidation, mm-hmm. but no one would scream. Okay, alright. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I still wouldn't take that over the four that I got now because I mean that would add a fifth power, and you put me in the bracket of four, so I'm gonna stick with my four. <laughs> what What makes you deserving of five powers? I'm not, I'm not saying you're not deserving. Maybe I missed something. Like, why do you think you deserve five powers as opposed to four? No, because you. This said, is a very serious question. No, because you said that. You said four, and that's what I'm gonna stick with because you, you're a man, you're knowledgeable, and. In your, your realm of uh, comic book and martial arts and bully fighting and all this stuff, and I respect your opinion. If you say four, I'm gonna stick with four, and that's the end of it. <laughs> wow, you are a good man. You're a good. You know, I gotta tell you, when uh, um, my wife's getting kind of uh, frustrated at dinner parties, or when we go out with like other friends, like couples, because um, 
guess what? Guess what? Uh, people don't uh, over dinner typically don't talk a lot about. I don't know. Having superpowers. <laughs> that, that'd be it. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, hey, what'd you think of the, the, like, I mean, I can talk football and some sports and all that. But when it starts getting into like, I try to avoid politics I just because it. there's nothing. You, you, there's no way you're going to be in 100 percent agreement with what anyone says, mm-hmm. you know, just for whatever, whatever side you're on. But, you know, when someone starts talking about their, you know, what their favorite drink, I don't drink, you know, what their favorite drink is or da, 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 or they play golf, you know, whatever. And that's cool. I'm just not into it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> well, see, I mean, that's kind of where I feel movies come into play, and, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, I believe everybody watches movies, you know, and, you know, I'm sitting in my movie room right now. I'm surrounded by all genre of film, you know, horror, suspense, uh, comic book movies, action, adventure, cartoons all that shit and you know i just feel like if anything if you were ever in a situation to where you know they're talking about golf i don't like no motherfucking golf the last time i played golf was tiger woods uh 2009 maybe oh wow (laughs) and um but i feel if you bring up some form of movie or even just reference something that you see in commercials for i mean that'll spark up some kind of conversation Oh, you know what? You're right. We you, we have talked about movies and what have you. It's that's true. That's true. I try to get my wife to like watch, you know, cartoons with me, and some, she she did go see uh, Black Panther, loved it. She did go yeah. see Infinity War, loved it. So she's starting to become more open, mm-hmm. you know, to superhero movies. I'm trying to get her to watch like some cartoons and what have you. A little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Oh okay. wait. Well, I know you know some of the things or oh, a lot of shit I watch. My wife is not going to be into. Because I know what her realm is. One of the things that kind of, you know, made her Miss B. Rob is her uh, love for action movies and martial oh, arts nice. movies. So, I mean, soon she said that, I was like, what's your favorite genre? Action. <gasps> I'm scaring all the snakes for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the snake scare. I love it. I love it. She she is a very lucky person. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I'm the lucky one that she's the lucky one because she found me. So I found her and that's just how it come together. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. Exactly. But like the other night, I got the two pack of Super Troopers, you know, Super Troopers 1 and Super Troopers 2. Now, to me, those movies are fucking hilarious. But to Mrs. B. Rob, not so much. I've never, I've ne- I hate to say this, I've never seen those. Yeah, and that was the same thing with her. She never seen them too because, I mean, that's not her flavor of movie or whatever. I mean, she loves comedy, but not that kind of comedy. So, so I have a funny story about that, Super Troopers. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is how one of the reasons I love Los Angeles. So um, at, there's a beach area that has these like gymnastic type of like ropes and poles and beams. And sometimes people get together and do workouts there. And I got invited to do a workout. So me and this other guy are trying to keep up with everyone else who's been doing this for months. Right. And I'm having a, and everyone's cool. I'm trying to do this. And so we're just taking a break and he's like, Hey, what's your name? I tell him, he's like, what do you do? I tell him and I say, Hey, what's your name? He's like, Oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, cool. What do you do? He's like, I'm an actor. I'm like, cool. And, and what have you like anything I would recognize and love to check out your stuff? He's like, yeah, we just did this thing called, uh, you know, have you heard of it? Super troopers. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> just the look on his face. Like really asshole. You don't know what my move. I'm like, no, I have no idea what that is. And I didn't mean to be a jerk, but I just like, I, I didn't know. So evidently I've worked out with one of the people from Super Troopers, and I unfortunately I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Not even out of curiosity after the fact. I know I should. I should for I, I I'm gonna force myself to watch it. 
Not because of him, but because of you. Okay. Well, I, I might be able to help you out. I think I got the digital copies. So I, I can probably hook you up with that. <laughs> so you ain't got to spend none of your money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You got the hookup. Yeah, but I mean, stuff like that, you know, those type of comedies, you know, it was kind of like to me, like um, if it's a movie that I like a lot, but Mrs. B. Rob hasn't seen it and I'm kind of trying to introduce it to her. I find myself not even watching the movie so much, but it's just trying to gauge her reaction. So something funny happened in Super Troopers. And I just look over here. I'm like, huh? Huh? You like that? That was pretty funny, huh? <laughs> it's just like, and, and, yeah, nothing registers, right? Yeah, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? And then, um, as with, I believe, just about every married couple or, you know, a couple that's in a relationship, there's always the instance of, well, what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? Well, what you what you in the mood for? You want to laugh? You want to cry? What, what, is that always that thing? Like, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What you got the taste for? Well, I don't know. Motherfucker, pick something. <laughs> but I I try to I try to watch the same. Like my wife and I are just so not on the same page when it comes to watching shows, and she doesn't like watching a lot of like you know gory action adventure or horror that kind of stuff wife loves but definitely not into cartoons right mm-hmm. and so she's we, we finally had it came to a head and i said okay i'll watch what you want to watch you watch what i want to watch now what do you want to watch and will and grace had just come back on the air oh <laughs> and she pulls that card like, and I, i'm literally like i mean like and, and i've got nothing against will and grace mm-hmm. I, i'm just not i don't even think i'm the right demographic for the show mm-hmm. and i'm I, i'm happy for everyone who's on the show i'm not trying to put down the show mm-hmm. it's just not for me yeah and you know she's trying to convince me to watch it and i finally say fine i'm gonna watch it and i'll watch five episodes or six episodes she's like okay and i'll watch six episodes a year so show what are we gonna do i said well uh voltron just came out with its next season <laughs> and she's like voltron and she said, you're making fun of Will and Grace and you expect me to watch Voltron. I said, have you seen Voltron? No. And I'm defending Voltron to my wife, who's like an attorney. You know what I mean? So she's much smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. And we just, yeah, end result, I didn't watch Will and Grace. She didn't watch Voltron. And I think she missed out. Yeah. So you was up there like how you and JB like, all right, first of all, Voltron has six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's see who would win in a fight. The cast of Will and Grace. Or uh, all five combined lions into Voltron Defender of the Universe. <laughs> Let's just weigh this out for a while. I would, day hey, man, I, I would listen to that battle. <laughs> It'd be a short battle. But that's how I, that's how I got Mrs. B. Rob. Though we sat there, we watched the whole first Super Troopers one night, and then you know that was like the last movie we watched that day. So next day, roll around. She was like, uh, "Well, what do you want to watch?" No, she want. I was like. We're going to watch Major Pain tomorrow. Love that movie. And uh, we watch Major Pain. That one's good. That one's good. So we watch Major Pain. And I'm as I'm watching Major Pain, as a side note, I'm like, none of that shit would fly in today's society. <laughs> no. And, um, no. We finished, no. We finished with it. And um, it was that same old roundabout. I knew it was coming. What do you want to watch now? And I didn't even say a word. I just went up there. I grabbed Super Troopers 2. I just put it in. <laughs> Didn't say a word. Did she did she slap you or anything when you did that? No, no, no. Because it was like how it is. I went down to the DVD player. I put it in. Uh, started it up. And I went sat down next to her. And then the menu screen come up. And she sees Super Troopers do it. She just did that slow turn. And eyeball uh-huh. was like, 
you yes. motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, hey, you didn't pick a movie. You was like, what you want to watch? Here it is. But um, after watching it, she was like, well, it was funnier than the first one. So I'll give you that. <laughs> you, you know what? On a side note, Damon Wayans, um, big fan of his uh, since even, um, you know, in Living Color and even before that. I am. That's one of the people I'm surprised isn't a bigger name. It's not that he's a small name. Mm-hmm. That should be a household name. Yeah. More people should know him for, you know, what for all the things he's done. But like to me, um, he like to me, he feel like old shtick to me because like I've seen him on the show that he had with uh, Tisha Campbell, my wife and kids. And that was just like I've seen this guy before. It's just you just put him in a different situation. Even now, if you look at that show, uh, what Lethal Weapon that he's yeah. on, I was like that one. I like it a little bit, but it's still that guy that I've seen do all the same shit in different movies. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. So I, I have a theory that he was it, and possibly rightfully so like comedically handcuffed yeah. for the show he had on ABC, right? You can only go so far. Yeah. And in, in Lethal Weapon, he's got to play a very specific character that has like five movies ahead of it. Yeah, exactly. To me, the ultimate expression this is just my opinion the ultimate expression of Damon Wayans was a character he played um, on In Living Color. Blank which man. Or handyman. Nope. <laughs> handyman. <laughs> handyman. Handyman. Because, and think about it, it was this character who was, you know, I don't think, he was definitely not mentally challenged, but definitely physically challenged. Yes. And his catchphrase was, let's get busy, you know, whatever it was. And then he like go to the window to fly away, but he just like falls Fall straight out. down. <laughs> Yes. And and my son and I were watching my older son and he's like, you know, tell me about like shows you used to watch. And because I was saying like TV was kind of a little bit different and he thought it meant worse. And I'm like, oh, no, no. So we started watching, uh, you know, on YouTube episodes of Handyman mm-hmm. or just the, the, the sketches of Handyman. He's laughing his ass off and he says, but dad, we can't. It's not cool to laugh at this. And I said, it's not. But do you notice Handyman always wins? Mm hmm. And people always kind of think he can't do it, but he does. He vanquishes yeah. evil and outthinks people, and it showcases how people who have different types of handicaps can still do amazing things, yeah. regardless of what people think about. Him. He's like, "Yeah, we still can't watch this too often because this will be you know. <laughs> triumphal." That, that that to me was like Damon Wayans. That that was his. I mean, I yeah. know that was him. He's like, you know, because they were they were on Fox at the time back then, right? I was reading yeah. some uh, articles about it. They're like, well, "What can we do to just like shock people?" And he's like, let's just go because Homie the Clown, as, as crazy as that was, yeah. Handyman, Handyman took it to that next level. Yeah. And then like, I'm not going to say that he was like always like that because he did produce some good movies because like I can remember Major Pain being one of them. I mean, it was still a comedic movie, but, you know, that was a good movie. Then I can remember um, him and his brother and Mo Money. You know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, That's I right. Mean, it was a funny movie per se, but that was like a serious movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I've um, some real serious messages about it. You're right. Yeah. The last Boy Scout. That was fucking amazing. I love that. He movie. was great in that. He was great in that. So, I mean, he had a lot of that in him. You know what I mean? I just didn't see a lot of it. And just like, you're when, right. When it comes to that comedy stuff, it was just like, uh, this is the same old hat. I mean, I think I like his stand up comedy more than I like his on screen comedy. That's a good point. Yeah, so that's a very good point. Well, that's and you know that and that circles us back to Michael J. White too, right? Like this is you know a lot of people who are familiar with his work think of him as like um, martial arts action star, mm-hmm. 
that just happens to be something he can do really, really well. But he's yeah. got a lot of other things he can do really, really well too. Because mm-hmm. um, comedy and the Medea movies and um, the why did I I think what I forget for better or for worse television show. And I mean that's not martial arts at all. And nope. then, um he even did before because he's he talked about it as well as just like he didn't want to go into acting being the guy that can do the martial arts he went in and pursued roles to where he didn't have to do martial arts this dude was in the motherfucking toxic Chris, uh avengers uh two and three <laughs> didn't even fucking know that wait wait toxic avenger or toxic crusade what i know which movies you're talking about he was in those yeah two and three part two and three I have to go back and see those. I know I've seen them too, but I, I, got, know, I got, that's crazy. I've seen them too, but I don't remember them. And when I was going through his IMDb, I seen this shit and I was just like, because one of my questions is like, on IMDb, they got listed as 50 years old. And that's why I was like, dude, you don't look 50 at all. He's like, you're right. I'm over 50. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And do you remember like growing up what, what 50 years old really looked like back then? Oh man. It looked like a worn out leather couch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, so I've I've actually I have to go in a minute, but I was going to do something because your your whole walking the the uh, aisles of Walmart has has really captivated, you know, me and I know millions of others. And, you know, I do. I'm, I'm producing a couple little shows and I wanted to pitch a show to you. I'm listening. OK, just it's, keep with me here. So. It's you. And your adventures walking the aisles of Walmart. Now, think of it this way. There's like, okay. you remember that there was an old show before our time. It was in the like, 60s or 70s. It was the Kung Fu show where yeah. this character. Oh, yeah. got, uh-huh. Dave you know, Carradine. The, the, yeah, dude, yeah, Carradine goes to China, gets trained as a Shaolin monk, comes back to the United States. And it's, it's like the, the Wild West. And it's his adventures in the Wild West. And every episode was a different adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, take out the Wild West, put in someplace much more dangerous, Walmart, mm-hmm. and take out, you know, David, David Carradine, whatever his name was, Kid Carradine, and put you in there. Okay. And some days you're there and you're, you know, stopping, you know, uh, something bad from happening. And some days you're there, you know, there's an earthquake and everyone's like, you know, it's post-apocalyptic and you've got to save the day and keep everyone calm until help comes or zombies attack. I'm telling you, every episode is you at Walmart, like, and something bad happens and you are the hero of the day. I'm, I'm down with that. I can, I can, I can, I can hang with that. I don't get, like that idea? My, I don't get to use none of my four superpowers though, right? Oh, just, oh, you do. Oh, shit. no one knows you have superpowers, but because, you know, no one knows you use them when you're invisible. Uh, see, shit, that's how it all comes together, man. It's random. Yeah. Okay. So the next step, and it's a small step, I'll, I'll come up with the idea. I'll write the script. The next step, I'll rely on you if this is okay. Okay. Um, I'll have you, uh, raise the financing, get distribution, uh, find the post-production team, uh, that will do everything and, uh, you know, get the publicity team on it as well. So I'll take care of the first thing. Okay. If you can do the small, everything else after. Okay, well, I know a production company here in Houston is a uh, 360 visual, so I got the camera equipment and um, the know-how for the post-production, so I got that down. Beautiful. Um, now, it's a small budget show, so it's probably going to be no more than two and a half million per episode. Um, and we'll have to do at least 10 episodes. So uh, if you can raise that 25 million, right, perfect. I'll take care of writing up the script and you know making the characters and all that kind of good stuff. I, I feel like it's an even split. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, shit, I wish I had those superpowers now because it would make <laughs> it a lot easier <laughs> to get that money. <laughs> but but you wouldn't steal it though, right? You you no, how would you make that no, twenty five no. million? I would I would coerce them. I would um, you know, all my powers interchangeable because you know you you brought up that fifth power of uh, the intimidation. I can kind of just like swap one of them out real quick and put that one in and I can intimidate some people to charitably give to this project, you know? That's how it's done in LA. So yeah, sure. Yeah, see? I mean, don't have to break no kneecaps or thumbs or nothing. And I'm there if you do. (laughs) See? It works. We'll make this happen. You know what? Could I be your, I would be your sidekick. Oh, shit. Well, what's what do you think about that? I would be your sidekick. I don't know what my my powers would be, but I would be your sidekick in this show. You know what? I mean, you I believe if you were the sidekick, you would be like, you know how they have those sidekicks throughout um, some of these movies to where they really do all the work. But this hero gives all the credit. Yeah, that'd be you. (laughs) (laughs) I would do it all. I'd get messed up by the evil villains, but barely prevail. And I'd be like lying in the corner, putting on band-aids or something. And then you'd be talking to the mayor of the city. Yeah. Getting like the, 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 you know, getting all the rewards and having a parade for you. We'd like to thank Rob for defeating the alien zombie horde. Yeah. And I'm in the corner, like all messed up. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. you, you, I'll write the script. <laughs> you would be the cat from Hong Kong Fui. You would be yes. the dog from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you would be uh, Muttley from with a uh, Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the animal references. That's nice. I like that. That, that reveals a lot about how you see me. I understand. Oh, now. no, man. He's just. <laughs> You're a companion. Can I be my companion? I'd be on a leash. You'd feed me treats. Yeah, I mean, you deserve all. You're describing my marriage. This is good. Oh man, mine too. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. Twins. Hey, we're twins. Yes. Hey, man. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. We're we're gonna do some live shows, and I know we're gonna get or do our best to get to Houston. And when we do, we need you involved. This can't happen without you know Rob. Uh, and, and his influence and his 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 blessing, if you will. I'm down. I mean, you got all the blessings. If I had the keys, I'd give them to you. Maybe I can just invisibly intimidate somebody to give them. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think your name should be the Invisible Intimidator. Mm. No, I'm, no, I'm gonna work I'm on it. I, I can work with it. I can I can make it work. Double I. Double shit. There it is. I'm down. It that's it. That's that's the branding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Before well, we again, go, go ahead yes. and tell everybody where they can find you and Jay on social media. Well, you can find me at James Gabsy on Twitter at James Gabsy. You can also find our website, who would win You can find our podcast uh, by typing in hashtag who would win on iTunes. And now we're even on Facebook. Uh, just type in who would win on Facebook. And oddly enough, we're also on Patreon where you can type in www.patreon.com slash who would win. There's a lot of who would win there. Um, and that's it. And we've uh, got two live shows coming up, one in Nashville and one in Huntsville in early November. Just go to who would win show.com to see our dates, get your tickets. And uh, we're going to announce our battles for those live shows uh, shortly as well. Man, and I feel kind of bad, too, because we didn't really talk about the show too much. But I, I enjoyed what we had here in this hour and 20 some odd minutes that we've been together. I love it. Thanks for having me on your show, sir. All right, man. Thank you for your time. It, it took you long enough to get here, motherfucker. <laughs> you're, look, you're intimidating. Anyone who listens to this episode will understand how, you know, it's hard to measure up 
to to you and your show. Okay, I mean, you're- I had to prepare. I, I didn't. I mean, I had to you know go see a psychologist. I had to you know shoot up uh, steroids and and all this other stuff before I came on the show. And I had to you know it's just crazy what I had prepped for the show to just stay relaxed and calm for it. <laughs> You're too kind. And that's what everyone does on your show, right? You're too kind. You're too kind. Probably not, but okay. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, man. And that was my wonderful, amazingly awesome, manly man guest, James Gabsy. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, As I discussed at the beginning of the episode, I hate talking about, you know, you know, putting time within the episode or whatever, but I feel at some points these things are important. I do apologize for this particular episode coming out later in the Sunday evening, which I am recording right now, but it was for a good cause. I was recording some shows and everything with some local Houston podcasters that you hear in the up and coming weeks. And um, I had just recorded with a former rugby player, Keith Mason. And um, he's a wonderful gentleman. And he has a not only is his story interesting, which you will hear in a up and coming weeks, but the story of his wife, how he met his wife and the circumstances, you know, surrounding her is an amazing story in itself. So, man, just just today, you know, hearing his story and hearing her story is it was just an amazing thing. And I'm glad that my schedule got shifted around and whatnot so I could partake and share the same time and space with that gentleman to hear his conversation. And um, with the girls over there at the Houston-ish podcast, um, I hipped them to the game of Twitter. Hopefully, they'll be joining Twitter soon so they can get their shit together <laughs> and be on the level with the rest of us. And... um. Yeah, I, I don't know why I felt compelled to say that. Because it's just a lot of inspiration, a lot of motivation floating around here today. And, you know, I just finished watching Men in Black 3, which now going back and looking at um, the cast of characters that was in that movie. I mean, the Men, Men in Black 3 came out in 2012. And um, I'm pinging around a little bit at the end of that movie when, um, spoilers, <laughs> Will Smith comes back from his time traveling excursion. The song that plays is um, New York by Jay-Z and um, Alicia Keys. And I was like, man, you know, even currently, I haven't heard that song in a while. And just to think that that song was out around the time that that movie was released and everything. So, I mean, wow, time, you know, in relation to the movie as well, it's really flying. You know, that was 2012. It's 2018 now. And also, um, spoilers. Um, the guy at the end of the movie when they had the Cape Canaveral launch, you know, when Neil Armstrong and then went to the moon and all that other bullshit. Um, the colonel in that scene was uh, the dude that plays Luke Cage <laughs> in um, the Netflix series. So it was weird to see him younger with hair. And then um, also, oh, one of the characters in that, the younger version of herself was... Um, the assassin on the new uh, season of freaking Iron Fist, you know, the one with the split personalities and everything. Spoilers if you haven't watched the new season of Iron Fist. <laughs> so it's crazy to see, you know, how all things are linked and intertwined because, you know, Luke Cage is a Marvel thing and that guy plays Luke Cage and she's in the other girls in the Marvel Universe. She's in the Iron Fist. That's a Marvel property. Netflix, Hula Loop, a circle of things. 
It's just weird. Anyway, James Gabsy is awesome. <laughs> you spent the last hour and some odd minutes with me and him chilling and everything. Um, he is one half of the Who Would Win podcast. And him and Jay Sandlin form a great dynamic duo. I, I really enjoy their show. I recommend that if you haven't heard it, just sort it out and seek it out and listen to it and um, jam your ear holes with pure nerdism. Um, they... When the show originally started, they had a constant uh, moderator. I know they, they flipped around from time to time when um, Ray couldn't make it. But, um, you know, since then they had, um, you know, rotating moderators. Uh, you know, I, I did, I think, two episodes with them. And they had the, the black guy uh, from uh, <laughs> Mad TV, you know, the one that plays the hyperactive uh, UPS guy. He also does the voice for Samurai Jack. Um, I forget. I don't know his name. I, you know. It's seven o'clock at night, almost eight o'clock, and I've been thinking about this all day. And I could have took time to, you know, do the man of kindness and look up his name so people can, you know, hear it and be like, "Oh, that's that guy," and look at his face. And you know what? I'm 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 gonna do that. I'm pulling up IMDb right now. <laughs> I'm typing in Samurai Jack. Sam, how, how do I spell this? All right. He was also in Pulp Fiction. He was the black guy, <laughs> not Samuel Jackson. <laughs> you know, in the apartment scene, you know, that is a tasty burger. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where is he? Scrolling. There he is. Phil Lamar. That's him. That's his name. There you go. I, I didn't want to disrespect him and his acting prowess. Uh, however you use that word or say that word, I probably did it incorrectly. But there you go. So he was a moderator once. And um, now the current moderator is a uh, Crystal Storm. And I think the three of them together is a good fit. She has um, a vast knowledge in the nerd culture as far as comic books and, you know, those sci-fi movies go. And uh, Jay and James, you know, as a team, you know, just they mesh real well. And if you haven't heard this podcast, once again, go sort it out. Go look for it. Find it. On everywhere you listen to podcasts, who would win? And when you listen to it, tell me after listening to it that that show isn't worthy enough. If it, if it isn't worthy enough to be on the road, touring and doing that format in front of a live studio audience or crowd or whatever the case may be, I think it's good enough to do so. So, I mean, the best of luck to James and Jay. And hopefully I'll be seeing you when you roll into H-Town and do your tour and whatnot. So um, big props to them. Well, I wasted a <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a wasted day. You know, it's an enlightening and inspiring and motivating day and everything. So um, I'm not going to say it was a wasted day, but the episode did come out a lot later than I wanted it to. You know, but what what happens happens. You know, the family wanted to watch movies. I had to cook somewhat because my wife started it. I finished it and um yeah, that's just what it was, man. You know, family is important. You know, I, I love doing this podcast. I love just meeting these new and interesting people and just revisiting some of the old ones that I know from the past. But, you know, when it's time to get down with the family, you know, all this shit got to get kind of pushed to the side. And what what what's, um what I feel is awesome. I wrote a blog. I hate writing, but I did, you know. The, the website randomrobcast.com has been re, uh, re, 
I can't talk, has been reformatted, has been redesigned, and um, the blog space is blank. So I felt obligated to write a blog. I did. And in that blog, I talk about, um, you know, how I feel about podcasting so far. I've been doing it for almost three years. It'll be three years in January that I've been doing this show consecutively, week to week. And um, what I note in the blog is how my wife is starting to turn around on it, you know. And I speak to why, you know, how that's, you know, kind of important to me because I, I, I'm i a man of many interests. You know, I pick up a lot of things and I wind up putting it down, uh, you know, no follow through on the things and whatnot. But this podcast has been a constant for almost three years now. And, you know, she's starting to see that, that, you know, it's something that I'm I'm into, something that I like doing. And, um, you know, some of the good things that have come from it. So, like. Even right now, as I sit here and I record this, we were supposed to be watching Ocean's 8 right now, but she knew I had to finish trying to put this episode together and get it out. So she, you know, she went downstairs and got a a little glass of wine and she's patiently waiting for me to quit running my goddamn mouth so we can watch Ocean's 8. (laughs) So um, on that note, read the blog, go to randomrobcast.com in the blog section, check it out. You can get some of my thoughts and feelings about podcasting so far. Um, Stay tuned for the up and coming episodes with the Houston ish podcast and the interview I did with Keith Mason. So, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at it's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Uh, the show also has its own Twitter at three R show is the account for that. And if you're hip and trendy, you should be following at three R show too. That's T O O. And um, follow me on Instagram. And, you know, I'm talking about Keith Mason. Look him up on Instagram. That That is a manly man. And he kind of looked like Daniel Craig in his pictures. <laughs> I, I had to, um, I don't know if it was unfortunate or whatever, because he was talking about a documentary on um, his wife and her journey and them two together and whatnot. That's on YouTube that got millions and millions of hits and clicks. So. During the interview, he brought it up. So I went to YouTube and I seen him and his wife and he was jump roping in a Speedo. So <laughs> anyway, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow him, too, if you want to see him in a Speedo. And um, you watch me walk, walk the hollowed halls of Walmart. You can um, go, as I said, to randomrobcast.com and find many different ways that you can help support the show. And um, help it grow. I got merchandise through wehavemerch.com. That's wehavemerch.com. I got t-shirts, hats, and stuff of that nature. Um, You can use my Amazon links. I get a little kickback for every time you shop on Amazon. You don't pay nothing extra. Um, You could be a patron to the show, just like Glenn Abbott, Brandon McIntyre, King Ajar, whose birthday was September 19th and the same day as my 10th anniversary that we just celebrated. So happy birthday to King Ajar. I have some um, swag for you coming in the mail for your birthday. So look forward to that. And also just like, damn, threw me off. Happy birthday, King Ajar. (laughs) Um, Bob Hines and Robert Cook. Thank you to all those gentlemen for supporting the show via my patron links that you can find on randomrobcast.com. Also, you can find exclusive content, some of like the behind the scenes stuff for the Random Rounds with Rob on the Lemur app. Download the Lemur app on your inferior device, Android, and um, the awesome device, 
iPhone. Um, just go to your app store of choice and search for the Lemur app. Exclusive content. It's a cool app. It's a cute, cool community and everything. You can answer. I mean, you can send messages as you listen to the podcast. Well, not as you listen, but when you listen to the podcast, you can respond to it with your voice and texts and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, also, I'm stuck at 57 followers on the Lemur app. And if you can help me get to 60, I'll do a drawing for a free digital download. And once we get to 70, I'll do another drawing for a free digital download. And once we get to 80, I'll do another drawing for a digital download. And 90, I'll do another drawing for a digital download. And 100, I will give away a pair of Regent Studio headphones from my sponsor, studio.com. And speaking of studio.com, you can save 15% off your order if you use promo code 3RSHOW15. And speaking of sponsors, this show is also sponsored by Hooks, Rubs and Spices. You can go to Hooks, Rubs and Spices and you get 10 percent off your order. Six dollars or more. If you use promo code three R show. Yeah, hook up the sponsors. But besides that, I was talking about the Patreon account, the T-shirts, um, all those different ways that you can help support the show monetarily. You don't have to spend a dime of your money. The most important way that you can help support this show and any other podcast that you listen to is by liking, subscribing, retweeting, listening to the show, writing reviews on your platform of choice, five stars preferably, or if it's four stars and below, leave some constructive criticism. Help me help you help me make the show better for you. So, yeah, I think I got everything out there. Um, visit randomrobcast.com. Newly designed. Got the guest list on there. Look at all the cool guests. And yeah, that's it. I'll see you next time.